Hello and welcome to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 3, episode 61 of this daily study podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today as we begin um, our study, or continue our study I should say, of this week's Come Follow Me materials. That's covering February the 22nd to February the 28th. Uh, Doctrine and Covenants sections 18 to 19, the worth of souls is great. And today uh, we're covering uh, a section in the uh, in section 19, uh, which is focusing on repentance. Um, And this really (coughs) is one of the most personal and um, incredible, I think, uh, sections of the Doctrine and Covenants. I wouldn't say it's it's my favourite section or portion of scriptures um, (coughs) in the standard works, but it's certainly one that does stand out. Uh, And so let's have a look at it and see what we learn from it. Now, we began the discussion yesterday about eternal punishment or endless punishment and what this actually means. Um, It does not mean a punishment that has no end, but rather it is punishment that is God's punishment. Now, I have always um, thought about this previously because I've I've known about this, the the phraseology, like the fact that um, the Lord says this is his punishment. um, It's God's punishment. Uh, and, you know, to begin with, I thought that means that, OK, so that means that whatever punishment, you know, is endless that we're told about in the scriptures or eternal punishment, that's punishment given to us by God. However, having studied the Book of Mormon deeply and having began studying the Doctrine and Covenants deeply, I don't think that this is a God that wants to give punishment. I don't think this God gives punishment. Um, in, in, in a, and let me explain what I mean. We know often, and we talk about how rather than giving negative things to us, the Lord, inverted commas, punishes us by removing the good things that he wants to give us because he has to, because that is the law. That is how things work. Now, obviously, because of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we can repent uh, and we can come back and and receive great blessings, the great blessings that the Lord was, want, wanted to give us in the first place. It's only occurred to me, really, while studying this section, that maybe I was thinking about it in a different in a different way, or maybe there's another way to look at this. I mean, there's probably no right or wrong way with this. Let's be fair, but thinking about eternal punishment um, as God's punishment, when we talk about in the scriptures that we will have to endure endless punishment, or the punishment shall be eternal, or, or whatever the phrase is in the scriptures, maybe that's referring to the fact that we will have to go through the punishment that God himself endured. We know that Jesus Christ is part of the Godhead and we refer to him as God a number of times. And so perhaps when we talk about having to go through eternal punishment and that being God's punishment, rather than saying that's punishment given from God, we're saying that this is punishment that God himself went through. It is his punishment that he had to endure. Anyway, that was just a one thought I had as I was uh, studying these such, these as part of the scriptures um, this week, and so just be interested to hear what you have, would uh, think about that. So moving on, um, the Lord tells uh, Martin to repent, as uh, and keep the commandments which has been received by the hand of his servant Joseph Smith Jr. Um, in verse fifteen, it says, "Therefore I command you to repent. Re- repent, lest I smite you with my rod of my mouth, and by my wrath and by my anger, and your sufferings be sore. And how sore you know not." How exquisite, you know not. Yea, how hard to bear, you know not. Um, we don't know, uh, simply, 
the extent and the magnitude of the of the suffering that our saviour had to endure for us um it was a lot it was enough to to make blood come from every pore uh, and we we know this because that is confirmed in this section uh, julie b beck uh, said this quote we are commanded to repent the saviour taught that unless we repent and become as a little child we can in no wise inherit the kingdom, kingdom of god we must not let one little cup of coffee, one bad habit, one bad choice, one wrong decision derail us for a lifetime. Sometimes people get casual about repenting. I have heard some people say that repenting is too hard. Others say they are tired of feeling guilty or have been offended by a leader who is helping them repent. Sometimes people give up when they have made mistakes and come to believe that there is no hope for them. Some people imagine that they will feel better about themselves if they just leave the restored gospel and go away. It is Satan who puts hopeless thoughts in the hearts of those who have made mistakes. The Lord Jesus Christ always gives us hope. The quickest, easiest path to happiness and peace is to repent and change as soon as we can. Close quote. This is why President Russell M. Nelson, in one of his you know major messages as, as prophets over the past few years, has talked about repentance, has talked about change and how that is the greatest way to make sure we are prepared and have peace in this life. Which is through repentance, we can receive hope for our lives, for our eternal lives. Um, and this is possible because of our Saviour Jesus Christ's suffering. In verse 16, it says, For behold, I, God, have suffered these things for all, that they might not suffer if they would repent. Um L. Whitney Clayson said this, quote, Mercifully, the, the Son of God offers us deliverance from the bondage, bondage of our sins, which are among the heaviest of all the burdens we bear. During his atonement, he suffered according to the flesh that he might take upon him the sins of his people, that he might blot out their transgressions according to the power of his deliverance. Christ suffered these things for all, that they might not suffer if they would repent. When we repent and keep the commandments, forgiveness and relief from our burdened conscience come with the help that only the Saviour offers, for surely whosoever, findeth, whosoever repenteth shall find mercy. Close quote. Our Saviour, this is the greatest gift. This is the great gift he has given us, the fact that we can repent and return and change um, from the, the choices we, we, we've made. But more importantly, the person we were to the person we can become. Um, we were talking about um, kind of how we have... Uh, in a recent um, discussion I was having about how to-do lists are important, but um, more important than to-do lists are to-be lists. We need to consider what things we need to become, what how we need to change and make those changes in our lives. For really, without change, you know, we can do all the things we want. But unless we become the person where we're supposed to be, um, then that is the, the, the entire purpose of all of this. In verse 17, it says, but if they would re not repent, they must suffer even as I. <clears throat> uh, Keith R. Edwards said about this, quote, the great and exquisite suffering of the Saviour was for us to keep us from having to suffer as he suffered. However, suffering is a part of life and few will escape its grasp. Since it is something that each of us has gone through, is going through or will go through, there is scriptural suggestion that we can learn less spiritual lessons if we can approach suffering, sorrow or grief with a focus on Christ. Now, lest anyone, going for hard, lest anyone go looking for hardship and suffering, that is not what is taught. Rather, it is the attitude with which we approach our hardships and trials that allows us to know the Saviour better. Experience teaches us that suffering is one of life's experiences 
that will come without seeking it. Close quote. We are reminded that um, suffering is a part of life um, and that this suffering is natural. And so we certainly shouldn't go seeking it out. Um, but, of course, we recognise that we do not suffer to the extent that our Saviour did. And that is what he is happy, he's hoping that we can avoid. And it is through developing that personal connection with him, changing ourselves. And at times, if we need to make that change, asking for help to make that change, if we cannot do it alone, then he is able to, to help us make that, that change in our lives. Uh, to finish this session, I want to look at verse 18. And here we see um, the, the effect that this suffering had on Christ. And this is probably one of the most memorable verses in this section. It says, which suffering caused myself, even God, the greatest of all, to tremble because of pain and to bleed at every pore and to suffer both body and spirit and would that I might not bitter, drink the bitter cup and shrink. This was an experience that our saviour really struggled through. Um, Elder Detard Christopherson said about this experience, quote, let us consider the cost of God's precious love. Jesus revealed that to atone for our sins and redeem us from death, both physical and spiritual, his suffering caused himself even God, the greatest of all, to tremble because of pain and to bleed at every pore. His agony in the Garden of Gethsemane and on the cross was greater than any mortal could bear. Nevertheless, because of his love for us, for his Father and for us, he endured, and as a consequence, he can offer us both immortality and eternal life. It is poignantly symbolic that blood came from every pore as Jesus suffered in Gethsemane to place the, as, as Jesus suffered in Gethsemane the place of the olive press. To produce olive oil in the Saviour's time, olives were first crushed by a rolling large stone over them. The resulting mash was placed in soft, loosely woven baskets which were piled upon, each, upon, upon another. Their weight expressed the first and finest oil. Then, added stress was applied by placing a large beam or log on top of the stacked baskets, producing more oil. Finally, to draw out the very last drops, the beam was weighted with stones on one end to create the maximum crushing pressure. And yes, the oil is blood red as it first flows out. Close quote. What a beautiful symbolic um, analogy to make that our Saviour produced every last or performed every last part, piece of suffering he had to to make sure that this atonement was complete, final and infinite. Um, and it is in these few verses in the Doctrine and Covenants which we really see a wonderful insight beyond anything we've seen in the New Testament and the Old Testament and even the Book of Mormon. And we understand um, to more a more a greater extent just how deep our Saviour went uh, for each individual soul. And that is why every soul is of great worth. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please continue to follow the podcast in all the usual places. Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me Facebook group. You can share what you've been studying there and uh, comment on things that are shared there. You can also email ldsstudysession at gmail.com if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode yourselves. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.